This is the Dennis Miller Option. Your source of opinions, stories, and laughs from comedian and inactivist Dennis Miller and his guy Friday, Christian Blatt. What's up, Hiroshi? Let's light this candle. Ladies and gentlemen, Dennis Miller. Hey, folks. Welcome to the Dennis Miller Show. I'm in uh, Manhattan doing the show today. I've got Jimmy uh, Fallon tonight. Quite a freak show out in Manhattan right now as you walk over. See here? Yep. Yeah, bring him on in. Jim Brewer's joining us. So you only and, talk to people uh, named Jim today? <laughs> you see what I Jimmy! did? Jimmy! Do you see what I did? The big man. How you doing, brother? Good. Jim's joined us. While he gets hooked up, I'll tell you about my long mosey over from my hotel to the CBS studios here. It is a freak show in Manhattan, man. I can't even people watch straight on now. <laughs> the, the sidewalk traffic makes the canteen on Tatooine look like a Walmart board meeting. <laughs> I look, I'm afraid to look directly at people anymore, but for fear I'll go blind. I had to walk around with a hole cut into a Tom McCann shoebox so I could come in at a fucking angle. Jimmy doesn't swear anymore, but I do! Oh, I swear. <laughs> I just don't do it on stage. Beautiful. Good for you. We're joined by the delightful Jim Brewer. And so happy for this cat. Good man. And it sounds like it's it's hitting on all cylinders. He's on his Live and Let Laugh tour this fall, performing in 36 cities, including Chicago, Detroit, Dallas, San Diego, many more. For more information, go to official Jim Brewer, and that's B-R-E-U-E-R. He's too specific in intellect to be B-R-E-W-E-R. This is an agile mind. Officialjimbrewer.com. Jimmy, welcome to the show. Good to see you, Dennis. Where are you living, brother? I don't know much about your life. I admire you from afar, and the times I've talked to you, you seem like such a solid cat. Where do you live? I live way out west, New Jersey. I'm I'm closer to the Poconos than New York City. Where the Steve Van Zandt, they roam the plain. I hear. That's exactly it. What the fuck is that noise in the woods? What is that? It's a screech owl. It's a screech owl. Are those kids partying? They're coyotes. We got coyotes. I love it out there. I think they call it a Rosie Perez owl out there in Jersey, as opposed to the screech owl. I think they think they've localized the uh, the reference out there. So that's where I'm at. Little little tiny, little tiny town. People come out there like let's go out here and buy crafts and antiques. (laughs) It's a beautiful day, and maybe we can pick some pumpkins, cords. And then head back to the city for the traffic's too bad, Charlie. <laughs> well, well, what size pumpkin you want? <laughs> for Christ's sake, we've been walking in the field for two hours, Carol. <laughs> well, they're on sale. We should have brought the grand. Where the hell are the grandkids? Well, I can't watch them. They're all over the goddamn place. They're feeding the goats. They're feeding the goddamn rabbits. <laughs> Costs $15 a park, for Christ's sake. Can you imagine the best guest ever, where you just say hi, where do you live? (laughs) And the next thing you know, he's uh, he's into this. The gang's all here. These are the easiest guests you have in your life. I'm with Jim Brewer. And as I said, for more information on Jim's tour, and he's got a bunch of residencies. We'll talk about that in a bit. I want to get to Metallica, but it's official Jim Brewer. Dot com. Yeah. Now, brother, what? Uh, so you've already hipped to me that you're not swearing anymore on stage. Yeah, right. 
I, I'm, not really being, I'm not being pure. I'm saying yeah. uh, when you go out with Metallica now, you're dealing with a, uh, a sort of wild crowd who knows what they're there to see. So you come out and you're uh, not swearing. I'm not saying that's a prereq to get a Metallica crowd. But tell me how you're playing it and how's it working out and who, who came up with the idea? They came up with the idea. They approached me. It's pretty hip, brother, what James it, or Lars calls you. James text and is that a name drop? <laughs> that doesn't count as a name drop, no, right? It's, no, James, nobody James, knows who text is. Right. James, <laughs> James reached out and he says, uh, hey, man, we're, we're thinking about doing something different this year. We're not really sure, but would you be interested in touring with us? And then when I picked up the phone off the floor... I said, yeah, because I, I haven't talked to everyone, so don't, you know, don't guess. All right, all right. Didn't hear from him for at least two months after that. So I figured, all right, that's not going to happen. Two months later, I'm at an airport. I'm I'm questioning my values and my life where I'm at. I, I'm leaving Indiana. Am I going places? Am I doing the right thing? I get a call. I'm a beer and a half in at an airport bar, and it's, hey, man, uh, it's the manager, and I've been talking to you. Can I come to your house on Sunday? Wow. Cool. You want to come to my house? In Hoosierville? Exactly. I said, "What? why are you, why are you heading out there? He goes, oh, I go to a place in Morristown, New Jersey, and I'm like, oh, 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 oh medical. Okay, okay. So he comes to the house on a Sunday. He opens up his laptop. Now, I got... I have ideas of what maybe we can do and what bits maybe I'm going to try with this crowd. And and uh, he opens up the thing and he goes, okay, so we start here. You're going to have to talk to your wife. It was Dan. I looked at your residency and there's only one date we'd have to move. And then it's 36 in six months. Are you interested in doing this? Oh, uh, yeah. Great, because we announced it tomorrow in Stern and uh, you know Rolling Stone and this and that. And we'll figure out the money and we'll figure out what it is. But they had advanced it. How cool. You must have been exhilarated. I was think. I was hopped up and just it that's when I realized what kind of this is this is like working with Disney and something and all this is top notch. This is Apple. This is Sony. This is these guys. This is a whole different mafia going on here. Yeah, Mickey Metal. M-I-C. Exactly. Yeah, we do it all way. All way. And the best part, honestly, I'm raking my head. Well, I, because I grew up Metallica. I I grew up diehard Metallica, analyzing the lyrics. And so, as a fan, Am I going to walk in and watch this? Like, am I? Gonna, how long can I last? They want to do an hour and a half. It's you know between seven eight thirty. Hmm. Okay, but now they went far and wide. They don't know. Is it a party? Are they are they playing cornhole on stage? Is it beer pong? <laughs> I went what? We're shooting t shirts out of a cannon. I went what? What do we? What the fuck? Is? At one point they said maybe he dresses a character in the parking lot. Yeah, well, nah, it's not going down. <laughs> so. I went to San Francisco. I called out to Lars Ulrich. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, uh, I'm in town doing meetings. I wasn't doing fucking meetings. I was hoping to catch him. And I caught him, and he said, oh, come on over. I went there. I waited, went on top of the st- to the highest part of his workers' building, looking over the bay. He comes in, and he's like, 
You know our crowd. You know our audience. <laughs> you know how to. You know how to walk in arena and figure it out. And just we leave the creativity up to you. Just you don't have to be funny. <laughs> you can tell why Lars beats the drums like they owe him money because he inhales everything else, man. It's like he's half absorbed his own thing before it's out of his mouth. That's exactly. But I, I said, okay. He's like, bring a DJ. And so the I will say when he said you don't have to be funny, it, it gave it clearer. So at the end of the day, I'm a warm-up guy. I'm a warm-up guy. But like, a, you know, when you go to the sitcom, whatever, like, okay, who's here from, who's from out of town? And I went, oh, that's the An way. An hour and a half, that's the though, way Jim. Did I misperceive? That's no, no, no. So what I did, Dennis, is I, I found, old, when you walk in the arena, mm-hmm. I have house music playing, and for the first 45 minutes, it's old clips and videos playing where you go, oh, wow, I didn't, who, wow, I never saw that picture. Oh, wow, that's a fan picture. i never seen that. Then 7 o'clock, I had my DJ go up and take all requests. It wasn't all requests. Matter of fact, this guy showed up at my house, didn't know anything about metal or 80s metal. He showed up. He's like, here's... Here's Death Lord. <laughs> so listen, look, 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 look. Fifty-year-old <laughs> men. We're coming in. We have kids. It's just Van, old Van yeah. Halen, Scorpions. What they call classic right now. That's what people right. want. Death Lord knows yeah. nothing about Piss Factory by Patty Smith. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> exactly. Diplo. No one's coming in here going, dude, I'm so obscure. No one gives a shit. <laughs> so he goes on, DJ, for he a half hour. He goes on for what? a half hour. Then I go up. Some nights, some nights there were a stand-up crowd. Some nights they were a little hostile. So I'd get them more into, find me. You know, I'd tell them a story. Like, I'm 52. First time I saw Metallica mm-hmm. open up for Ozzy in 86. Oh, oh uh, he's legit. Who's the oldest metalhead in here? And I'd have sections. And I went, ah, yes, I've united the people and they trust me now. I can tell my story of a bit that I can elaborate from 1994. Of gods and monsters. Yes. And the people shall love it. And then I had had a a live camera. Mm -hmm. So I'd leave the stage. And I go backstage and I'd either, I would try to sneak in on the band, which after the second day, James is like, listen, uh, it's no coming back when we're back here. Yeah. This is, this is, I said, I got it. No problem. No problem. And I would do game shows. So I'd bring people up. We'd do game shows. Nothing was more exciting than some young fan going, get me up there. I know all the answers. I get, and he'd get booed. Relentlessly, <laughs> eighteen thousand people just, and um, it's like the Apollo brother. You better come it really with a backpack, man, because the Sandman will be enter Sandman, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it. There you go, and brother. that's what it was. And I and I gotta say, I there was only I never had a bad. I never had a bad moment. There was, there was, I loved it. And you know what? I got caught up a little bit in the, the hoopla. For me, it was a little taste of the, uh, Mm -hmm. the rock store world. It's like potentates lives, man. They, uh, they lead a whole different thing. Comedians. 
Right, jets show up. <laughs> oh, they jet it. Oh, they jet it in and out. Four different cars show up in the arena. It's like the president show up. Everyone stand back. Don't look at the animals. <laughs> we got exotic animals here. You can hear them. <laughs> the one may come out of the car. He's curious. Where are you from? How are things go? Don't talk to it. Don't touch it. Love everything you're doing. If you need. Don't touch it. We got to bring the animals to the zoo. There's a lot of people paid to pet them. And then they're up to the petting zoo. Can we just touch this thing? And so then, but I, you know, the funniest part for me was I'm such a blue collar banana that by the third leg, I had everyone doing wiffle ball tournaments. We had talent shows. Our tour bus was like, you should try stand-up comedy. So I'd have the tech for James Hetfield doing stand-up comedy, uh, the lighting guy going up and playing his original song. We had a really, they didn't know what hit them when I showed up. I said, if we're going to be stuck, we got to... We got to have fun out of here. Did you guys do anything besides work and drink heavily? <laughs> By the way, the last time I heard them play cornhole on stage was Jim Morrison at New Haven. <laughs> late 60s, and that game had not been invented. <laughs> Is everybody in? Let the cornhole game begin. There's only five ways to get unraveled. <laughs> they still run. Rock, don't they, man? They when really you, do. Jesus, there's a great documentary, Jim. Have you seen it with the doors? Where Morrison was putting together a trippy film, like where he sees the Indian die and the spirit goes in. The, it, so it's a documentary that's built on these home movies. You've got to find this thing. It is so on trippy. His home movies? Yeah, his oh, home I, movies. I got to see that. Then. And then they intertwine a great docu around it. But the the thing is, uh, uh, it's built on around 50 minutes of Morrison stuff. Him in the desert, swimming, tripping. It's oh, see crazy. now. I'm in. Well, that alone, just watching a guy running around the desert. The last fun I saw with that was the bear guy. What was the What was the guy with the bears in Alaska? Grizzly man, yeah, Werner Herzog, Grizzly man. Oh, oh, when that guy was just going at the end. The guy said, "Here comes a Kodiak. His name is Leonard. We've established a long-running chess game. Leonard, how are?" Feed the animals. No, no, Leonard. No, we don't act that way, Leonard. No, not nice. That's the guy holding his disembodied head, scolding Leonard, because Leonard comes in and does what a fucking bear does. He doesn't castle, he doesn't put you in check, he eats you. Leonard's upset because Benjamin is ignoring him today, so I'm going to try to give him a hug. I get bats. Come here. Oh man, you're kidding. God, I never laughed so hard watching such horror. <laughs> what is the uh, uh, just one last thing on Metallica? What's the actual handoff? I'm trying to figure that. At the end of your hour and a half, we have the world's greatest metal band come out. Is there a downtime there, or is there a direct handoff? Tell me it's about a direct that moment. Handoff. Wow. Now they wanted. Now the first night was the only night that didn't go as planned. I stuck to the rules, and the rules were. No matter what, they're going up at eight thirty, and I, I asked, I asked the production manager. He said, "All right, eight thirty. We have, you know, definitely because we have a curfew." I said, ah, "I've seen them four hundred times. 
It's never uh, 8.30. Okay. So I'm doing a show. I'm running around like an idiot. I got the whatever town we're in, the quarterback. Oh, I got your quarterback. <sighs> Anything to make them love me. Yeah. And then 8.20. Are they going up at 8.30? 100%. <laughs> Swear to God. 100%. Okay. 8.30, I get up. I do the old, I don't know. I think this section is a little more hopped up than this section. <sighs> I don't believe you. <sighs> you know, so I'm doing that now. Oh, this side versus no. this side. And I go, I think you're ready for my data. <sighs> yeah, no, they're not ready. Yeah, <laughs> All of a sudden, you're doing warm-up for the Jeffersons. Yeah, exactly. I was like, what? Okay. Now, this went on for another five, ten minutes. Hey, put your left foot in, your left foot out. <laughs> do a circle. Here's some trivia. Hey, uh, what year did Master of Puppets come out? Fuck! You <laughs> and it went from we love you, Dennis. I haven't had people uh, see their bottom teeth coming out, yeah, Crazy. and just their whole life rage with fingers no. going, Get off the stage. Let's where's our medal? And how they, long did they take? What was the 22 minutes, 23 oh, minutes? Damn, that's tough. And so that night, the next that night. I went off stage. Okay, this, this ain't happening again. Before every show they go out, they go in a tuning room. So Metallica, before they play two and a half hours, go in a room and they play for 40 minutes rehearsing before they go out. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, here's how this is going to work. I'm going to stand outside the tuning room. Right. And when I physically see them all out and ready, then I go out and do the up. big yeah. uh, hoop-de-hoo. And so after so you that- you got the camera backstage doing that? Yes. Cool. And so- So you're working into it. It's it all organic. works. So yeah, I had a little backstage thing and all that jazz. Uh, it was awesome. It's funny. On average, a burglary happens once every 23 seconds in the U.S. I just hit my stopwatch on my phone. 23 seconds from now, I'll remind you that another one just happened. And what's crazy is that only one in five homes have home security. Maybe because companies really don't make it easy. That's why Simply Safe is my top choice, hands down. Robbery! We could do it again in this commercial. That's how often they're happening. 23 seconds. Simply Safe protects every door and window. Every room, 24-7 professional monitoring. They make it easy. There's no contract. There's no hidden fees or fine print. It's not like you're getting robbed, worrying about eventually getting robbed. They make it easy, as I said. It's won a ton of awards from CNET to the New York Times wire cutter. Prices are always fair, always honest. Around the clock monitoring, just 15 bucks a month. Come on, best money you spend. We're talking about a buck every... Uh, all right, I'm not good with men, but one thing, that tr- <laughs> but I'm good with security. That's all that One matters. thing that truly makes Simply Safe stand out is their video verification technology. Well, other home security systems are triggered a lot of time. The police assume it's a false alarm, and the call goes to the bottom of the list, but not with Simply Safe. Using their video verification technology, they're able to visually confirm that the break in is happening, allowing police to get to the scene 3.5 times faster than other security companies. All right, get in close. I don't want the other shows to hear. For my listeners, Simply Safe has a huge deal going on right now. Go to simplysafe.com slash Miller. Get free shipping and a money back guarantee. That's simplysafe.com, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash Miller. Do it today. Simply Safe 
com slash Miller. Uh, we're talking to the the great Jim Brewer. You can see why this guy's an evergreen. Honest to God, I mean, it's so easy. He's so funny. He's a regular cat. He's not. He's the opposite of an asshole, man, in a business that is rife with assholes. When you come across the Tom Jode cat who's humble and can do 80 voices in like, I've been with him 10 minutes, and add <laughs> succinct, funny, pithy observations to that. Well, I, I think what uh, De Niro called that in New York, New York, is you've got yourself a major chord. And indeed, we have one today with Jim Brewer. He's performing in 36 cities on his Live and Let Laugh tour this fall. Chicago, Detroit, Dallas, San Diego, among them. And if you want more information, go to official Jim Brewer, as I said, B-R-E-U-E-R dot com. Although I guess in the world we live, if they just start, if they get to Jim B-R-E, it must they take already, them. Yeah, yeah, they to, know. yeah. You know what? I was really, I, I came in to watch you at Dallas and I was so, I don't want to say impressed. It, it's, it's more than that for you, but I was curious <laughs> Because it was a rock festival in oh, yeah. Dallas, and I was playing later that night, and I was a little worried about the time that I yeah, was what playing. Was it called Cuckoo or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kaboo. Yeah, Kaboo. 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 <laughs> and what I loved more, I, I honestly loved, you You were, I came in, and I really want, and it was hard to hear, because I didn't want, I don't want to go around the back, because Kaboo, hey, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And you were crushing. Oh, that's it nice, was beautiful. And the things you were talking about. I, I, I was I staying like ahead my... of the rain, brother. It was like raindrops behind <laughs> yes. me. I thought, listen, I got to jack the pace up by a half here because I think these things stand as funny observations. But I think if they get caught up in their pre-belief systems about like what's funny and what's not in today's politically ostracized <laughs> times. So I remember I jacked it up a little and stayed one step Ahead of it, where they just had to consider, go, is that funny, or you should were, I shoot no. that through my prism? You were brilliant. Wow, that's nice. You were brilliant, and I think more people, uh, I think the majority really feels that way. Yeah. I know the majority feels that way. I had uh, two people walk out, and they were cramping my fucking style, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking to Jim Brewer. Jim's uh, got a comedy album, Jim Brewer, live from Portland. Now, talking about going behind uh, enemy lines as far as pragmatism goes, uh, you know, uh, the last time I heard, uh, there were so many homeless people in Portland. I think the last time I, uh, I won't say that. <laughs> there, you have to shut yourself down now. <laughs> I literally had say it. a killer as joke. That's the great yeah. would say, say it! Yeah, well, Sam could get away with it. I, you know what, Jim? I get to a point with certain jokes where I don't want the headache. I just don't it's want it. It's not worth the headache. I just went through a little headache Christ three weeks ago. Know. It was a little one. It was a little one, yeah. but I was so absurd that uh-huh. I was even involved. How did I get on this Ferris wheel? I had one two, around two years ago where all of a sudden I'm thinking, what? I'm in that fucking whitewater churn under a levee yes. or the falls. I'm getting what the shit ha- kicked. I go, how did that happen? How it was this, a joke. Right. How did this happen? Yeah. So it's, it's madness. To, I do. Listen, for any of you out there who think you can shut people down, mm. I acquiesce to that. Uh, it, it doesn't bother me. Not in my real life. Not in what I teach my kids. But in comedy, have I met enough assholes at this point mm. who want you to shut up yeah you won how's that feel good for you nice to know your creativity is coming in and throwing yourself on the tepid grenade of minor insult good for you um so the comedy album jim brewer live from portland yeah. why portland is it a old fave for you, you or listen i'm gonna be brutally honest i'm in the middle of metallica tour uh-huh. and one of the one of the people on the tour goes 
Hey, uh, she was all about feeding the homeless. Like, like literally, hey, would you guys get involved? Like, uh, sure. <laughs> I, I, I shouldn't even say this. But she goes, <laughs> can you do a show there? And I went, well, it's, it's two and a half weeks. Uh, I'll, I'll call the comedy. It's a Tuesday, Wednesday night. Uh, I'll see if they're uh, if they're open. And she goes, maybe you can do like a food drive. My wife's all we got DVD. No one watches DVDs. She said, send all these DVDs to Portland, and if you bring food, just open a box, take what you want. So that technically what that night was for. So I went up. And I be, I did what I've been doing for the last couple of years. A lot of it is off the cuff. I have the things I want to talk about, but I one of my faults is probably I'm not a very well polished comedian. Where I go, this is what I'm starting with. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm ending yeah. with. But part of what I love is, yeah, I felt like going in this direction. Yeah, we you're an off road vehicle, <laughs> and, and probably the state of the art, quite frankly. And I like it. It it works for me. So that's why I did that night, and I had this kid who filmed everything mm-hmm. on the Metallica tour. And at the end of the night, he says, hey, um, I just want you know, I, I uh, professionally record. I went, we record every night. He goes, no, no, no. This is, this is audio, like professional, in case you want to use it. I said, wow. what am I, I, I going to use it for? He goes, I don't know. If you want to give it a satellite or something. I said, all right. Forgot about it. I, I, it really was, it's like my wife going, can you pick up two things in the corner? Okay. And then about three weeks later, uh, my manager was like, Jim, did you listen to this? No, listen to what? It's Portland. It's an album. I said, Portland? Portland. It's an album? He goes, yeah, you took some chances. Chances? I talked about death and and my dad and stuff. He goes, no, it's it's an amazing. I went, okay. And I felt guilty because people say, how long are you working on? I said, but that's. And it pulled it off That's in the moment. Honest and honestly, I don't even I don't even talk about anything on there anymore. But I loved that moment. That moment, and it happens a lot. Can I tell you that that kid really gifted you something? Because one of the big hangups, folks, when you do a special, I've done nine of them now, and when you ramp up to it and try to get it perfected, and then you go out and you're so cognizant that now you have to pay it off, you sometimes get a little spilkus. For you to go out and have the kid come up after. I can't tell you what a gift that is to be loosed up. And I got and I got to tell you, I I thank him all the time because I started recording almost a year and a half ago because I got tired of man that should have been a special. Mm-hmm. Ah, damn that should have been right. a special. Damn it! I filmed the special and now that bit's really perfected. So stupid. So now I found the way of. Here's ten minutes here. Here's fifteen minutes there. Here's and I don't have to keep blowing an hour. And I can just keep going and going and going and going. Well, it it came out number one on iTunes comedy album chart, number five on the Billboard comedy Ooh. album chart. It is Jim Brewer live from Portland. And I'm telling you, folks, uh, if you think comedians are at their best sometimes when they're in a lock and load mode, as I hear in the last couple of days in this country. Think load. about it when you're a fly, on the, <laughs> or a fly on the wall when it just happens, man. You just happen to be there when that happens. And uh, that's, in essence, what you'll be getting here if you, uh, you get the, uh, the album Jim Brewer live from Portland. Although album sounds like something quaint. What do they call it? I know now? it sounded weird, too. Download? What is it? 
Is it a? <laughs> no. You know, eventually they're going to put a. Uh, they're going to put one of those thermometer thermostats from a microwave. You're going to have a thing put into your <laughs> right temple, and they're just going to plug in and zap you like Johnny Nanomic Nanomic or whatever the hell. Keanu's warm up film for. Remember Keanu just yeah, a warm up right. film. Oh my god! For the god. Matrix. Oh my god! This is summer stock. Johnny Monomic, <laughs> and then eventually the war shot. Imagine Keanu shows up. He's in a trippy movie to begin with. He starts off with two brothers. They come in on day five, and they're two sisters. And then on day seven, the one guy goes back to being a brother. <laughs> what? What the fuck? What am I doing? Isn't this a madness? Where isn't it kind of fun? I relate more and more to John Lennon. The older I get, the the what is the song? I'm just sitting here watching the wheels go round and round. It really is. I tapped out a while ago because it it's just it's all just such madness. It's all madness well, it's to bad, me. Jim. You know, I'll be I'll put the pejorative on it. It's not the way it should be as far as uh, arts go. And listen, I, I don't know this Shane Gillis kid. I saw the quotes that get him whacked from SNL. Oh, but, yeah, me too. Uh, me too, me too. Listen, it's not Moliere. The guys, you know, the shits he's getting whacked for wasn't genius comedy. But I, I can't believe he's there's just something weird about caving to them because what, what do they cave next? Like, I, And that that's you know, someone's on the radio today earlier and thinking I have a funny answer I go it's not funny you're if you're gonna judge me for something I said five years ago seven years ago three years ago my life was different three years ago <laughs> you know maybe someone's diagnosed with cancer maybe I'm living in different conditions maybe my mood is different maybe I was in a dark place ten years ago I lived in a different area this kid's a juvenile his father died but if you're gonna judge something from that long ago well then you're looking at communism it's nazism it's thought control it's um it's a whole new world and the scary part to me is nobody recognizes this or maybe they're and what what's i don't what's more concerning is that nobody's really out there pushing back so is it a is it a war on media is it war on how does someone that controls twitter if you're if you're going to control someone's livelihood why not expose them first first let's look at the whole thing all right what this kid saying but and i agree you said look whatever um but who is pushing for this let's look at them who gives them credit a lot of aliases are pushing. Oh, like and that, and so, you know, and I say can't. that too. Like, if if you're gonna, let's say, you call me a racist, sexist, whatever, and uh, now, okay, I'm not at work. What about the million comments on Twitter? You're you're a piece of shit. You're a homo. Suck this. Die of cancer. Mm-hmm. They go on living, no problem. What 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 is there's a major problem. Listen, right there. at least Torquemada used his own name when he helmed the Inquisition. The kids do it now. It's always a picture of uh, you know their family Nothing. dog and a name like my dog's balls. And all of a sudden, ten of them get together and take you out because it, it's Roman times. Yeah, what's the difference between the Scarlet Letter and now? And the I think the most concerning part is. Is nobody pushing back? Is nobody going to, like, is this the the patrol cars in the middle lane and we're afraid to go by? Although I haven't seen all of Chappelle or Burr's, but I've the little clips yeah, I go. Dave's is monster killer. I haven't seen Bill's, but Dave's is I, beautiful. I went, oh, thank you. 
thank you. Mm-hmm. What, what? Yeah, he's striking back. And Aziz, Christ, I think Aziz tried to go to second base instead of first base on a date like 20 years ago. <laughs> and he ended up in the docket. It's unbelievable. It's what? unbelievable. How do you, what, what, when do we start stomping on that is well, is uh, it's got to start now. Can't foresee it right now, Jim. But no. uh, you, I, I don't think you can often foresee these things till they happen. True. I, uh, Holland's it, looking really I, nice right now, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> I can own that. I can own Stephen that. Holland's in about square. <laughs> you go over there to buy hash, they give you a breakfast potato. <laughs> um, we're talking to Jim Brewer, and uh, tell me about these residencies, brother. I love this idea. You like the Celine Dion of the Paramount and. Long Island. You, Have you played there? Yeah, it's a great place. I love, love that, that joint. It's got like the upper yes. uh, like shelf going yes. around Yes, and the downstairs, yeah. and they give you the whole thing like, you know, this used to be a speakeasy, and you pull the book here, and the room turns right, around. Right, right, right. Or, or current, and they were nice people, right? I remember the cats being super nice. Super nice. Uh, they're they're very comedy. They love me. I, I was stressed out when they said, let's do a, a monthly residency. I had... I had cluster headaches, which are migraines mm-hmm. on the whole. I said, do you, do you know how many tickets? I'm not that guy. I'm not. Uh, I like to be flattered and say, no problem. This is going to peter out in three shows. This is going to be, this is not going to work well for Jim Brewer. But um, we hit all the way up until last month. I think it was 18 months in a row. And I want to go on tour. But what that did for me, the confidence. Oh. And the comfort level I was able to bring everywhere where what you were saying before, all the way up until maybe three, four years ago, I was like, okay, this is the bit, this is my new hour. Yes, yes, yes. Here's the new now I go, I don't every other show is a brand new hour. I know. And I'm confident and I'm writing better and it feels really good. Christ. And it's weird to say I'm in my fifties finding my zone, but I'm finding a nice zone, yeah, and I can't wait up. to bring it out. Once a month, dressed in those Elaine Stritch stockings and the white cotton <laughs> shirt, and sit there on the stool and recant. What do you life. wear? I My biggest critic, <laughs> who who was it? Uh, oh, God. Who's the guy who's always nervous? Oh, God. Richard Lewis. Yeah. Richard Lewis one day sees me and he goes, <laughs> Richard will love that you Rorschach on him. Who's the guy who's always nervous? <laughs> yeah. That's what I always remember. When I was a kid, I watched Riz, uh, my mother, uh, like I, I was on a flight. I had the worst flight. I sat next to a baby who smoked. <laughs> that, was just, that was a great show. Right. And he, he goes, you know your problem, Brewer? You only got one problem. You never had an outfit. You never dressed... What you know? What now? You rock and roll. Now you look preppy. What? You need an outfit. Yeah. You need a look. You need a look. I can never forget my look. Well, Richard always had the. Uh, he dressed like death in the Seventh Seal. He yeah. always had. <laughs> he wore more black than June Carter uh, Cash and Johnny ring. Cash during. I uh, hear eclipse. that train coming, comedy down the rail. <laughs> Have you seen Ken Burns's uh, country music? By the way. Uh, he's got a new documentary out. It's on this week on PBS. I've cut two two-hour sessions. Jim, you love music. You got to. I mean, this is. I, I, I'm not a huge country guy, but I dig the old stuff. And I'm telling you, June Carter Cash, when she's young, 
<laughs> you can't believe how beautiful, hip, funny, and what a cool singer she is. And the stuff on uh, Earl Scruggs, and uh, last night was an Earl Scruggs episode in Hank Williams, who they called the Shakespeare of Country. It's just brilliant, this documentary. Well, Hank Williams goes with my father, and I know Hank Williams through my father, and my first concert at Westbury Music Fair was Johnny Cash. Oh, my God. And he, at the time, he and he'd always start out, he go, hello, I'm Johnny Cash. And I bang, 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 bang. And my father go, yeah. And I'd look at him like, what the, yeehaw. And I was born in Kentucky. Well, you'll find that out. Bluegrass. And I I was always confused. I, I, I didn't appreciate June because when he brings June out, I go, oh, he's bringing the wine. <laughs> <laughs> Just do the whole set, no, bro. Even no. the crappy songs. Play them. Play them. And then by the th- I saw them three times, and uh, I think by the third time I was like, "Hey!" I started respecting her, and then I understood from the movie, like, "Wow!" I wanted to know more about them and more about them. Well, this what Ken Burns thing is mind bending, and I'm telling you, folks, I had forgotten the greatness of Hank Williams. I, I knew he was great, but I'm telling you, first real rock star. Yeah, he was unbelievable. How big he was. 20,000 people outside the funeral home, man. It looked like Carlos Gambino had croaked or something, but they all had the show. And but, he was a kid. Yeah, 29 he, was, he passes. He was a kid. But it looked rough. Rough road, man. They show a picture of him at 29, and you're thinking, wow, that, yeah. that, that was some hard life. Um, let's talk about the Live and Let Live Tour. 36 cities. How many, what do you spread that out over? Do you need a date off in between, or is it 36 I need over like, like a week 40? Off. Two weeks on, a week off, yeah. uh, 17 days on. So what's the entirety off. for the 36? October to December. Beautiful. And like December. Pick a place out to start. Do you think about that, or you just no. hit the ground running? No, no, I hit the ground. I let them do that this time. Mm-hmm. We start. The only thing that made me nervous, which I, I haven't really done before, is Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Mondays, uh, weekday stuff. Normally for me, it was always, hey, let's do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Friday and Saturday. This is the first tour I've done this in is beautiful 15 years. beautiful at 52, years. Jim. You know that. It feels man. good, though. Oh, jeez, to get to 52. It feels good. And you're broadening out the scope it because you're good. selling ducats. The kids are out. Uh, That's what it is. The kids are out. I can get out more. Well, <laughs> good. You answered the call. My friend Marty Short and Steve are out killing it right now. Are they, they doing their tour doing together? They're so many dates. They're so funny together. And I got to say, when Marty, uh, you know, uh, when he was ready, and his kids. It was the same thing. He could have killed it like this. And he just answered the call. He showed up at the right job. So many people in the biz miss it. They try to go back and do patch up on the rear end with the, you know, on the back end, I should say, with the next family or, you know what I mean? But I know. To act, oh, listen, Jim, I don't have to tell you. I got kids. You get kids. They need you to be there and just show. They, they know when you're a goofball. They just need you to show and That's try. It. That's it. I have three teenage girls. I had three girls growing up. My parents were older. This business is around forever. As long as you stay somewhat relevant now, I'm like, you know what? Or my wife wants to get rid of me. She's like, you know what, Jim? <laughs> Hit the road, Jess. Get the fuck out. If I got to do a big tour, get the now fuck that's out. love. She, I, I like the Metallica tour. Can you do like Metallica, but for your own thing? Two weeks out, one week home. She's to the point where she wants to send you out with the the Iron Butterfly tribute band. 
you and them and Vanilla Fudge are all going on a cruise. It's a month cruise. Have you ever done the cruise? One the I cruise. Have. I did a cruise when I which was one? a kid. Which one? Which one? We went to Bermuda, and I was on SNL. I had just gotten SNL, and it was pretty good money for then. I, I think it was like two grand for two days. And I'm telling you, Which that like sounds like nothing 25 now. 25 now, maybe 50. But it reminded me what you said about the resi- residencies and cluster headaches, because I get out on the cruise. There's like 1,000 people in this, or 800 in this ballroom, and uh, they asked for an hour and a half, which is just about what I have at that point. You, you, you That's know, a lot of time. An hour and a half, I was much younger. And I hadn't learned Jimmy Brogan moves like where are you in from and stuff like that. So <laughs> right. uh, I go up and I do the hour and a half and uh, I'm talking to the ship's steward who, you know, the, uh, the Bernie McLeod guy or whatever it was from Love Boat. You know, he's wearing a half jacket trying to get laid with a nerd haircut. And uh, <laughs> the purser. Yeah, that's I always, the first. He's the, he's the purser because he can see who has a diaphragm with him. But anyway, uh, I'm talking to him. I go, uh, so what time's tonight? I go, uh, there's like two thousand people on a boat. We got a different crowd tonight, right? He goes, nah. He said, we got a thousand people don't come, thousand to do. I said, what do you mean? He said, it's the same crowd. I, go, I just did my hour and a half. And uh, he said, well, you better come up with a new hour and a half. So <laughs> oh. the whole thing was just Q&A. Taking, yeah. and, and you know what? It was liberating in the, in the way you found it liberating. Because I think the second night actually went better in a way. Yes. Because uh, I, I... And you discover, I am funny. I don't have to feet, write. Yeah. I'm, I'm funny off the feet. I'm funny off the feet. And when you discover that, it's funny when you say that guy, too. Because that, that happened to me on the... It was train, the band train. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a cruise and they and they wanted me. I'm the only comedian. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is great. That's funny that musicians, not funny, uh, odd, funny that musicians are all drawn to you because they sense a rock and roll quotient in your comedy, I think. Yes. So I do that and it's it's the audience you want. They're drinking wine. They're having to, they're not savages. There and and after the first night, do like an hour and a half, and they said, "Yeah, we're doing the same thing, like mm, another thousand or same crowd, same fucking crowd." Okay, here we go. Let's go. And now the band's watching. Oh, I'm worth it. I'm worth it. I'm worth that suite you gave me next to yours. <laughs> I'm worth the five extra rooms for bringing my entire family and neighborhood. You just triggered two stories for me. One about the band and one about Seinfeld. When I came back from that gig, I said, Jerry and Kenson, I said, hey, man. He had done the Laney Kazan room out at the Great Gorge Playboy Club, came back with a check for like 1200 and said, read it and weep, boys. This is before Jerry, you know, we're, we're like, he what hit the it. fuck are you kidding me? And I say to Jerry, I did this cruise, man. It's like two grand for two nights. You might like it. And Jerry's Jerry before he becomes Seinfeld. He looks at me and goes, I don't think so. I've never felt the need to vacation with my audience. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, he's one of the reasons why I stopped uh, like cursing on stage. Yeah, I got to I got to do an interview with him a long time ago, and I asked him like, "How come you don't?" And he just simply said, "He said I just rather write something funnier at that moment." Yeah. And I went, oh, wow, shit, was that an insult? Or it was like, a little really bit. Just saying, it was. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> we talked about 
about my dust that he, he talked about my wallet had a chain on it. He said, very Long Island. <laughs> you are so lucky. You are so lucky to live on my street. If we were on the street, I'd break you down. And he knows I would break him down physically. Jerry, get off the bike. I want to ride it. Yeah. Hey, this is my bike. Not right now. We're going for a ghost ride. I don't like people like you. Yeah, well, get over it. I'm a thug and you're not. Go write your smartness. Comedian on handlebars getting coffee. <laughs> yeah. If he ever has me. Just us in a rickshaw. <laughs> little Asian cat busting his ass and we're getting ripped for cultural appropriation. We're going to drive it around in a rickshaw. How about we build a little rascal's go-kart, Jerry? <laughs> That's what you're going in. You get the front car and I push. No Let's motor. put on a show. <laughs> Folks, you, the, the kids don't remember uh, the, uh, the the little rascals. That's when the uh, the target dog ran with the our gang kids. The, I think it's that same dog with the eye patch or something. SNL, um, yeah. the goat boy thing. Yeah. And uh, by the way, yeah, you should tell Metallica if you guys do replicate that tour, they should bring you out to enter Goat Boy. Never, never passed you. Boom, boom, boom. I love that idea. Um, who was was Norm there when you were there? Yeah, I was there. I just was on the road with Norm and Spade. I felt like the third guy in a car on a Sonic commercial. It was fucking unbelievable about how funny these, because Spade has that little, uh, it's almost like a chip clip. Uh, he'll talk about girl stuff, and he, he, you know, he's just so funny. And Norm is literally Anton LaVey, the Dark Prince. You're sitting in between them just howling from two angles. The first big show, just get SNL. He's the he's the guy, the update guy. We're going to do a gig. Me, Norm, Daryl Hammond, and this is nobody really knows who it. They a know gig out in the in the field. You mean like not a not a SNL a show? Thing. Yeah, this is a show. And Norm, this is what I, there's a lot of things about Norm that I realize. Wow, this guy's brilliant, yeah. dark, funny. Yeah, all and of he it. goes all the above. He goes. Uh, now this is Norm saying this, all right? So they're like, "Hey, you know, I don't curse, and we're at a we're at a university." Well, okay. Daryl goes up, does his twenty. I go up, do a half hour. Norm goes up. He said, "I swear to God, Dennis." He goes, eh, eh, "Fuck it, yeah, fuck it, Because if you're if you're gay, would you rather be the ass guy or the cock guy? And people were grabbing their kids and running <laughs> up the aisles. And he just went on and on. Me, I had my temple still hurt. I still got stretch marks in my Gross. neck and temple. And he got thrown out of state the next day. And four days later, he's on Letterman. What happened there in, uh, you know, in Iowa? Hey, you know, they went to seven letters. If I can tell. Between that and... And the uh, press conference, this is my intro to Norm. At, at, we're at the press conference. which For the Iowa gig? No, oh, SNL. For SNL. All right. And so we're, we're, we're all dressed, and mm-hmm. they, they want me to dress this way, and I have Spade here. Well, I'm kind of, I, I always looked up to Spade, and I watched him as a comic growing up, so I was like, wow. Figuratively. Figuratively. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, like this. yeah, correct. And Norm's next to me, and he's smoking. 
Norm doesn't care. He's smoking, and and what, what's her name? Klein. Marcy's going. Nah, put the fucking cigarette. Oh god, this guy's gonna. This guy's gonna get fired. And I swear to God, they go. Uh, they asked me. This is when I knew I was fucked right out of the gate. <laughs> First of all, they, they didn't want me there anyway. It was a big battle, from what I understand. Like, they asked me, Jim Brewer. You know, is this your lifetime dream to be here? Not thinking. I said. Oh, he said, did you watch Senate Live growing up? And I said, I, I didn't watch Senate Live growing up. I saw Lauren's face and went, oh, I'm out. Six months, I'm gonna fuck, I'm, I just fucked myself. And Norm goes, hey, 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 Then they go, Norm, uh, the new cast, a lot of new cast. What, what kind of practical jokes you got lined up? Everyone knows SNL is practical jokers. <laughs> exactly. Crank jankers. Right. And Norm in front of Rolling Stone, NBC, BB goes, Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna fucking, we're gonna take it to prison, we're gonna fuck him. We're gonna, hey, hey, we're gonna, oh my God. I, oh my God, he's gonna get fired for saying, and then we were afterwards and went, Aren't you afraid? He goes, No, he is a fuck. No, he can just fucking be funny. No one gives, gives me goosebumps now. Because no one gives a shit. And that, that's when I started realizing he's going to be one of my fun allies. Yeah. And I stuck to the community. I love my cast. Yeah, he's was the great. true spirit of that show or what, what, what bred that show. I remember when I first, I was in LA and I got a syndicated talk show. And I heard this joke from one of my writers that Norm told about, uh, he said, there's a kid named Norm McDonald. And I said, I don't know. And I thought I knew everybody in LA, but he was freshly in from. Canada. He said, I saw him last night. He did a joke where he said, I feel sorry for the homeless guy, but I really feel sorry for the homeless guy's dog because you know the dog is thinking, this is the longest fucking walk I've ever been on. <laughs> do, we, do we eventually go in somewhere? Because I can do this on my own. <laughs> so I heard that joke and I said, oh Christ, that's one of the, what's his name? And they said, Norm McDonald. He said, see if he wants to write, if he wants a gig. And they call him and they said, submit a packet. Now I didn't say that, but Norm says, I don't do packets. <laughs> He's there. I'll send one joke, and if you want to hire me off the joke, I'll uh, I'll come. So he sends a joke in about Jeffrey Dahmer, and the whole front end of the joke is loaded like the aristocrats with all the ugly parts of that story. He had his best friend over, uh, cut his femur, put it in the freezer, brought it out later with a sriracha dip, <laughs> ate his best friend, then ate his second. You know the whole thing. <laughs> and then he gets to the end, and the joke says, uh, in his defense, Dahmer says they started it. <laughs> <laughs> so I I call him and hire him. He comes over and I put him in a writer's room with Drake Sather. They shared an office. And uh, my head writer would go around at like 1.30 in the afternoon. He goes, guys, monologue jokes. He said the, the door was shut. They wouldn't even come out. I went over one day. I opened the door. There's two cigarette lit embers in the room. They've got tinfoil on the window. It's like completely Elvis in on the big island. And I go, boys, what's your system? Because I said, I don't like to rock genius. They said, well, what time do you want him? I said, around 1.30. But nobody will bother you again. He said, We'll slide him out from under the door. It was like a reverse papillon. These jokes would come out. Ten of them were so disturbing, I felt like I'm going to hell for reading them. But there'd always be two or three that you just thought, These fucking guys are geniuses. He really was. He taught me so much about life, the business, looking towards things. He really did. I'd be busting my balls. You know, if if I wasn't on, they're like, Jim, do the warm up. And I would do my best routine and word for word and take that and then one night 
they had Norm go up, and I there was part of me that went, oh, he's going to have a hard time following this mm-hmm. young cat. And he goes up, and he goes, hey, keep it going for Brewer. <laughs> he goes, uh, boy, he does all these impressions, you know. <laughs> Joe Pesci, he's really killing it. He goes, uh, well, I've been working on impressions, too. <laughs> and I'm sitting on the stage like a jackass going, I like to sit, I can't wait to see him pull this off. Mm-hmm. And he goes, here's uh, Ed Sullivan. I know it's old, but it's Ed <laughs> Sullivan introducing the Beatles. Yeah, you guys ready? <laughs> hey, everyone, it's the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I need a little more work. <laughs> and he just left, and I started laughing at the, br- I went, he don't, See, I'm up there, bus. It doesn't matter. No, it does. That's about inhabiting that moment. You, you, you <sighs> must have been killing, but Norm's killing is about not being a sweat act. He doesn't want to be a sweat act. That's no. Norm's whole thing. No. That's why he goes out in Iowa and tells a sodomy joke. That's oh. why he goes up at a presser and tells a prison sodomy oh. joke. He gets to a point and he thinks, I'm just, I can't cavil here. I cannot. Uh, <laughs> so I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That being said, he's one of the most principled men I've ever met. I mean, really, he, uh, I agree. he is a, an odd cat. Uh, odd's a bad word because it's a bit pejorative. Different. He's different. He's, he's sui generis, I believe is the term. S-U-I-G-E-N-E-R-A-S. Extant. Unto oneself. But truly an ethical man in a oft-time unprincipled world. Now, listen, I got to rock. I'm going over to do Jimmy Fallon tonight. I got to go time. work on my set. Jim Brewer has been the most delightful guest. His website. Oh, and by the way, how's, how's your bride, man? She uh, oh, my wife. Your wife. She's doing good. Good? She's, yeah. She's, Life's good, though. Life is good for now. I don't want to peel We peel go month for life. month. No, no, it's not good. She was diagnosed two years ago. Done. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a trial. She lives on a trial. So far, it's been extremely successful. And, you know, I also know at any moment they can go, sorry, not working anymore. And that's the that's the reality of life. We both that's know you it too, brother. We don't. That's you know, me. That's, that's everyone. You. That's everyone. Yeah. When we leave here, so and that's our attitude towards life. So it's not a oh god. No. It's a hey, all right. I always think of us as uh, God's head coaches. He hires us to fire us at some point. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that's what they always say about baseball managers. You're hired to get fired, and that's our that's our plight too. And I so, uh, like that. In the moment. I always think of the great, uh, it's funny where you find wisdom, the great Doors roadie, Danny Sugarman, wrote the quintessential Doors book once, and I always loved the title, he said, Nobody Gets Out Alive, and I always think of that when, uh, nobody, no. just think of, never, ever, ever, <laughs> everything here is eventually going to be dead. Yeah, only the Buddhists think they've found a way around it. By the way, I have a very wealthy Buddhist friend who has two infinity pools. That's how wealth goes <laughs> in that part of the world. Jim Brewer, his website is at Jim Brewer on Twitter and Facebook, and his Instagram is Jim Brewer underscore official and uh, also go to officialjimbrewer.com Jimmy you're a sweet cat man I love seeing you, you all the time spirit, thank you brother. so much Dennis love thank the- you thanks for listening to the Dennis Miller Option exclusively on Westwood One tune in to new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on the Westwood One app westwoodone.com and on Apple Podcasts and remember to rate review and share until next time that's the show and we are out of here <laughs>